From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Coming up this hour. President Biden pleads with Congress to toughen gun laws. New York lawmakers raise the age to buy semi-automatic rifles. Investors await the May employment report. And job cuts may be coming at Tesla. Lawmakers agree to a financial boost to repair New York City's public housing development. Plus, the manhunt for a Texas prison escapee who killed five on the loose is over. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Mets shut out by the Dodgers. The Yankees swept the doubleheader from the Angels. The Celtics won game one of the NBA final. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 13 points this morning. Dow futures down 76. NASDAQ futures down 72. The DAX in Germany is up a third of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds. The yield 2.92%. And the yield on the two-year 2.64%. NYMEX crude oil is down 7 tenths percent or 79 cents at $116.06 a barrel. COMEX gold down to tenths percent or $3.90 at $1867.50 an ounce. Bitcoin is at $30,230. Nathan. All right, Karen, thank you. This morning we begin with a plea for action from President Biden after a wave of deadly mass shootings across the country. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. In a primetime address from the White House, the president called for a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines and an end to lawsuit protections for gun makers. The president said responsible gun owners should not be worried about their rights going away. Machine guns have been federally regulated for nearly 90 years, and this is still a free country. This isn't about taking to anyone's rights. It's about protecting children. It's about protecting families. It's about protecting whole communities. As President Biden spoke, the House Judiciary Committee approved a bill that would raise the minimum age to buy semi-automatic rifles and also ban high-capacity magazines. That bill is not likely to pass in the Senate. Meantime, Nathan, lawmakers in New York have raised the age to buy semi-automatic rifles. The New York State Legislature approved increasing the legal age to 21 from 18. It also passed a package aimed at reducing the likelihood of mass shootings by tightening rules to purchase firearms and other military equipment. In neighboring New Jersey, Karen, Governor Phil Murphy says he's optimistic his state will also enact stronger gun laws. New Jersey's one of the strongest gun safety states in America. We've gotten a lot passed and signed in our four and a half years. 
there's yet another package of bills that we think can make our state even safer, and we want to get those over the goal line. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy was a guest on Bloomberg's Balance of Power. Catch the show weekdays at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. In the interest of transparency, we should note that Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control. Well, another major story we're following this morning, Nathan. The House panel investigating last year's Capitol Hill insurrection is ready to take its findings public. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 991 newsroom in Washington. After nearly a year of investigation, subpoenas, and testimony, the January 6th panel will lay out its findings for the public in a series of hearings starting next Thursday. Most of their work has been behind closed doors, but now members say the panel will present previously unseen material documenting what happened on January 6th and provide a summary of its findings. The first of a series of public hearings is set for 8 o'clock Thursday night. It's prime time in the U.S. to give the investigation maximum exposure. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Amy, thank you. Also in Washington this morning, we get the release of the May jobs report. Economists predict 320,000 non-farm payrolls were created last month. Regardless, Andrew Husby, U.S. and Canada economist for Bloomberg Economics, does not think the report will impact Fed policy. You know, early signs that labor demand is cooling, but certainly there's nothing in this report that's going to shake the head off of uh, uh, tightening moves of at least uh, 50 basis points in the next uh, couple of meetings. Andrew Husby of Bloomberg Economics says look for that next half percent uh, hike at the Fed's policy meeting coming up June 15th. Well, the Fed's major focus right now, of course, is curbing inflation. BlackRock chair and CEO Larry Fink is weighing in on the matter, and he tells Bloomberg the Fed may not have the tools right now to deal with higher prices. There's greater recognition that inflation is is not transitory. It is probably with us for a number of years. And it's the type of inflation that I don't believe the Federal Reserve has the policy or the tools to do much with it right now. And, I, and I'm personally not blaming the Federal Reserve for where, they, where we are right now. But I believe most of the problems we're living with today are more policy-generated and supply-generated. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's David Weston. Hear more of that conversation in just a few minutes. All right, let's turn to corporate news now, Karen. And the latest from Elon Musk. The Tesla CEO has reportedly told executives the electric car maker needs to cut staff by about 10%. According to Reuters, Musk sent out an email titled, Pause All Hiring Worldwide. The report says Musk has a, quote, super bad feeling about the economy. Tesla shares are down more than 3.5% in early trading. On the flip side, Nathan, Walmart is adding employees. The retailer will build four new e-commerce warehouses and a push to speed deliveries. The move will create more than 4,000 jobs. It also will let Walmart reach 95% of the U.S. population with one or two days shipping. That's up from about 75% right now. On the earnings front today, Karen, shares of Lululemon Athletica are up more than 1% in early trading. The company reported results that beat estimates. We get the details from Bloomberg's Stug Krisner. The athletic wear retailer reported comp store sales rose 29% in the first quarter and net revenue reached $1.6 billion. Importantly, Lululemon also raised its full-year forecast. The company is expecting sales to reach as much as $7.7 billion in its fiscal year. Lululemon has been accelerating deliveries to get products to stores in time to meet robust demand. 
Even so, the company says logistics problems that hurt performance since the holiday season haven't yet fully been alleviated. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thanks. S&P futures down 14 points, Dow futures down 70. NASDAQ futures are lower by 78 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 4.30 seconds, yield 2.92%. NYMEX crude down 9 tenths percent, or $1.09 at $115.78 a barrel. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 63 degrees in Central Park. It's getting heavy on the George Washington Bridge after an earlier accident on the outbound side. We'll get more on traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. They're living in leaky and moldy units. Yesterday, New York lawmakers have approved a new entity to help finance much-needed renovations at New York City's public housing developments. The New York City Public Housing Preservation Trust will allow the City Housing Authority to borrow money by pooling federal housing vouchers. The money will be used to make urgent repairs on as many as 100,000 units. On top of mold and leaks, many of them are plagued by lead paint and need critical upgrades to boilers and elevators. Texas prison officials say a convicted murderer on the run since escaping a prison bus on May 12th has been killed after he killed a family of five and took their truck. Prison spokesman Jason Clark says Gonzalo Lopez was shot dead by law enforcement south of San Antonio late last night. We are uh, very saddened that the murders happened, uh, but I will tell you that uh, we are breathing a sigh of relief uh, that Lopez will not be able to hurt anyone else. Prison spokesman Jason Clark says the five killed in their residence included an adult and four minors after Lopez broke in. Authorities in Tulsa, Oklahoma, say the suspect who killed four people inside a medical building Wednesday was a patient to one of the victims. The victims have been identified as Dr. Preston Phillips, Dr. Stephanie Hewson, Amanda Green, and William Love. The suspect has been identified as Michael Lewis. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin said Dr. Phillips performed back surgery on Lewis, who was angry about lingering pain following the operation. We have also found a letter on the suspect which made it clear that he came in with the intent to kill Dr. Phillips and anyone who got in his way. Chief Franklin says the shooter took his own life when officers closed in. Britain continues to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Today, a service of Thanksgiving takes place in St. Paul's Cathedral for the Queen's historic 70 years of service. Harry and Meghan will be there. However, Prince Andrew will not. He tested positive for COVID. And the Queen, who is 96, decided to skip the trip because it will just be too much for her. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts to more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. All right, Nathan. Starting pitching has carried the Yankees to this great start, and it was on display in the Bronx. The doubleheader with the Angels up first was Nestor Cortez, arguably the best pitcher in the majors so far. Seven more scoreless innings. Yanks hit four solo home runs. Three came off Shohei Otani. They won 6-1 to one as Cortez lowered his ERA to one and a half. And then it was Jamison Tyone's turn coming off. Eight scoreless innings at Tampa Bay, where he allowed only two hits. Tyone went eight innings again. He had a perfect game going in the eighth. The Angels broke it up, broke up a scoreless game, but the Yanks came through bottom of the eighth. A two-out, two-run, game-winning pinch-hit single for Anthony Rizzo, and the Yanks won two-to-one to sweep 
the Twinville. Mets started their 10-game Southern California road trip. They had only three hits. Lost to the Dodgers 2-0. That ends the Mets' six-game win streak. Game one of the NBA Finals. The Celtics trailed by 15. They won with a big fourth quarter. Tatum over the shoulder pass. Marcus Smart, left side three. Good night. <laughs> what they say about Marcus Reed? What they say? 98-7 in Boston. The call. Celts won that fourth quarter 40-16. to That's the most lopsided fourth quarter score in finals history. Boston beat Golden State 120-108. to First team in finals history to come from more than 10 down and win by more than 10. Stanley Cup playoffs, Colorado shut out Edmonton 4-0. 2-0 lead in the West. The Rangers go for a 2-0 lead in the East tonight at the Garden. It's game two at Tampa Bay. Rafael Nadal versus Alex Zarevev today in Paris. French Open semifinals. Tomorrow's women's final, Iga Swiatek versus the 18-year-old American Coco Gauff. John Stash, now we're Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. Mm-hmm. S&P futures now down 14 points. Dow futures down 76. So are NASDAQ futures. The 10-year Treasury is down 3.30 seconds. Yield 2.91%. And the yield on the two-year right now, 2.64%. Coming up, comments from BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather turning partly to mostly sunny today after the fog burns off. We'll get up to near 75 degrees. Sunshine for the weekend. Upper 70s tomorrow. Low 70s on Sunday. Right now, 63 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures falling after a report that Tesla chief executive Elon Musk said the electric car maker needs to cut staff amid a gloomy economic outlook. Investors also awaiting the May payrolls report at an 8.30 Wall Street time. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 16 points. Dow futures down 86. NASDAQ futures down 88. And the DAX in Germany is up a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds. Yield 2.91 the yield on the two-year, 2.64%. NYMEX crude oil is down 9 tenths percent, down $1.06 at $115.81 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 2 tenths percent, or $2.80 at $18.68.50 an ounce. The euro, 1.0742 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2570. And the yen, 130.09. And Bitcoin is down about a third of a percent at $30,120. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden called for a ban on the sales of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. How many more innocent American lives must be taken before we say enough, enough? Meanwhile, the New York legislature approved raising the legal age to buy semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21. Game one of the NBA Finals, the Celtics beat the Warriors. After Wednesday's win, the Rangers host game two of the NHL East Final tonight against the Lightning. In baseball, the Yankees won a doubleheader against the Angels. The Mets lost along with the Nationals, Orioles, and Giants. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan.
All right, Michael, thank you. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We now want to bring you an interview with BlackRock Chief Executive Officer Larry Fink. He sat down with our David Weston on Bloomberg's balance of power and painted an uncertain picture for the economy. Fink told David the only thing he's sure about is the market will continue to be unpredictable. The markets have had sort of a rocky road, can we say, so far this year. As you look forward, is there any real prospect it can rec- they, they can recoup in the second half of the year? Probably not, not totally. Um, let's start off. The market has recalibrated itself. We we witnessed now a change in policy in the Federal Reserve. We raised short rates. We have so we saw a recalibration of growth stocks. Um, that's principally a, a, the majority of the downfall. Uh, and yet, and the index are masking some of the problems because part of the index are energy companies, commodity companies that are up quite a bit. So if you look at the you know the the, the volatility in the market and the spread between winners and losers, it's pretty broad this year. And so we've taken out a lot of those gains that we saw during the COVID years and uh, during the two years where we were, you know, changing our lives and we were emphasizing different companies. And now we're seeing the reverse impact of that. So that was one of the foundations of it. But now there's greater recognition that inflation is is not transitory. It is probably with us for a number of years. And it's the type of inflation that I don't believe the Federal Reserve has the policy or the tools to do much with it right now. And I'm personally not blaming the Federal Reserve for where they where we are right now. But I believe most of the problems we're living with today are more policy-generated and supply-generated. It's been aggravated now, obviously, by COVID and lockdowns in different parts of the world where we are manufacturing goods. It has been further aggravated by the Ukraine uh, uh, Russian war and where we have supply shock. But I have this fundamental view that much of the inflation has been generated by some very large policy shifts uh, in the United States. We have Jamie Dimon talking about a hurricane, potentially. Are you saying something that significant? What's the chance of recession? And not so much this year, but in 2023 or even 2024. Well, I think Jamie said one outcome could be a hurricane. It may not be that. So, I, I, you know, you know, I know that sounds so perfect for the media, the hurricane. But uh, I, I don't. I, I could see scenarios where it could be quite bad. Another, uh, another downward draft of significance. Um, uh, and that's going to be dependent on earnings uh, going forward. Um, but I could also see uh, a scenario where um, we're going to be muddling along for the next uh, year or two right around this level. And, you know, maybe up 5%, down 10%, but we're going to be in this range-bound area until we have better information. I mean, the one thing I will say with total certainty, we're going to be living with more uncertainty. And and so with that in mind, we are going to have bouts of fear, which is going to bring down the markets and, and a little more confidence going on forward. Forward, but we have not witnessed huge asset allocation changes by our investors. Well, I was going to ask about that. What are you seeing in your funds, for example? Are people buying bonds again, for example, in your funds? Oh, my gosh. In the month of May, we've had the, we had the biggest increase in ETF bond purchases. Um, I mean, we had 30-something billion dollars of inflows in bonds, uh, whether it was credit or all that. So you were certainly seeing a revaluation of how far interest rates need to go upward 
Uh, and so that's also one of the big trends. I mean, you know, I'd say 30 days ago, many people were calling for a deep recession, and now people are mitigating that. Obviously, there are views that we could have a deep recession or a hurricane, but that's just one of the outcomes. I mean, I could, I think there's higher probabilities of outcomes that we're going to be more range bound with a lot of volatility. Uh, certainly, there's uncertainty about exactly what happens with the Fed. Maybe not so much on rate increases as what are the consequences will be of the quantitative tightening, which actually started this week. This week. What are those consequences likely to be in your judgment? You better find new buyers. <laughs> I think the marketplace does not understand the dependency of low rates was on the QE purchases, the trillions of dollars at the Federal Reserve. But let, let's all be clear, between Japan and China, they own you know close to $2.5 trillion of U.S. Treasuries, too. So there, there are big owners and big players, and, and obviously uh, what will be the future clearing price at rates with less QE and now a reversal of it. Do we need to get up to a 3% 10-year to meet a lot more demand? And so much of this is we're all going to have to see what is what are the consequences. And that was BlackRock CEO Larry Fink speaking with Bloomberg's David Weston. You can catch their full conversation on our website, Bloomberg.com. Right now, S&P futures are down 13 points. Dow futures down 59. NASDAQ futures lower by 79 points as we await the release of the May payrolls report in just about two hours' time. We'll have full coverage of that for you right here on Bloomberg Radio. Ten-year Treasury is down 2.30 seconds, the yield 2.91%, and the yield on the two-year 2.64%. NYMEX crude down 9 tenths percent, down 99 cents at $115.88 a barrel. Just ahead, President Biden's plea for action on guns and Elon Musk's super bad feeling about the economy. Five things you need to know to start your day coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Hofstra University's Frank G. Zarb School of Business, top-ranked online MBA program with a real-world foundation. Learn more at hofstra.edu slash go grad. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, President Biden addressed the nation last night with a plea to curb gun violence after a wave of deadly mass shootings across the country. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the details. Biden says enough and urges congressional action now. If we can't ban assault weapons, then we should raise the age to purchase them from 18 to 21. Strengthen background checks. Enact safe storage law and red flag laws. Repeal the immunity that protects gun manufacturers from liability. Address the mental health crisis. Biden says Second Amendment rights will not be violated and says he doesn't want to take away people's guns. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. As President Biden spoke, the House Judiciary Committee approved a bill that would raise the minimum age to purchase semi-automatic rifles and ban high-capacity magazines. That bill is not likely to pass in the Senate. 
Meantime, in New York, Nathan, lawmakers raised the legal age to buy semi-automatic rifles to 21 from 18. It also passed legislation tightening rules to purchase firearms and other military equipment. In neighboring New Jersey, Karen, Governor Phil Murphy's optimistic his state will enact stronger gun laws, but he says New Jersey can't do it alone. We're not an island. 80 or 85 percent of the crime guns that are recovered in New Jersey are from out of state, so we need Congress to act. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy was a guest on Bloomberg's Balance of Power, airing at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. And in the interest of transparency, we should note that Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control. Later this morning, Karen, we get the May jobs report. Economists surveyed predict 320,000 non-farm payrolls were created last month. And corporate news, Nathan, Tesla CEO Elon Musk has reportedly told executives the electric car maker needs to cut staff by about 10 percent. Reuters reports Musk sent an email titled, Pause All Hiring Worldwide. On the flip side, Karen, Walmart is adding employees. The retailer will build four new e-commerce warehouses in a push to speed deliveries. The move will create more than 4,000 jobs. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. S&P futures are down about 13 points this morning. Dow futures down 57. NASDAQ futures down 75. Ten-year treasury down 330 seconds. Yield 2.91%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. It is 633 on Wall Street. We're at 63 degrees in Central Park. Watching volume build on the uh, Hudson River crossings. We'll get the details in traffic shortly. Michael Barr is here first with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Once again, good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. About 100,000 New York public housing units are full of mold, leaks, lead paint, broken boilers, and busted elevators. Yesterday, New York lawmakers approved a new entity to do something about it and finance much-needed renovations. The New York City Public Housing Preservation Trust will allow the housing authority to borrow money by pooling federal housing vouchers. Authorities in Tulsa, Oklahoma, say the suspect who killed four people inside a medical building Wednesday was a patient to one of the victims. Tulsa Police Chief Dr. Wendell Franklin says one of the victims, Dr. Preston Phillips, performed back surgery on the suspect. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain following the surgery. Chief Franklin says the suspect has been identified as Michael Lewis. Authorities in Texas say a convicted murderer who escaped from a prison bus last month was shot dead by police last night after being accused of killing five people. Officials say Gonzalo Lopez is believed to have killed an adult and four minors after breaking into a Leon County residence. Atascosa County Sheriff David Soward says law enforcement spotted the pickup truck Lopez is believed to have stolen from the residence. After a brief chase, Lopez exited the truck and was killed in a shootout with officers. He was in prison for murder, so he's serving a life sentence already. So he, he, you know, he didn't want to go back to prison, obviously, and, and we knew what kind of person he was and what kind of action he probably was going to take. Sheriff Soward says no officers were injured. The U.K. Defense Ministry says Russian forces have gained momentum 100 days into the invasion into Ukraine. Moscow is pushing to capture the Donbas region. Mariupol Mayor Vladim Boychenko, for the first time in person, is addressing the humanitarian situation in the Ukrainian city that is now occupied by Russian forces. The locals didn't even have the opportunity to bury those people in the civilized way, so they were burying them in the yards, in the parks nearby. 
Mayor Poichenko, through a translator, spoke at a news conference today. Britain continues to celebrate the Queen's Jubilee for 70 years on the throne. Today, a service of Thanksgiving takes place in St. Paul's Cathedral. However, the Queen will skip the event. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, big comeback to start the NBA Finals. Golden State led Boston by 15 points. Celtics then won the fourth quarter 40-16, to and they stole game one from the Warriors, 120-108. to Celtics made more than half of their three-pointers. Steph Curry drained six threes in the first quarter, but had only one after that. Stanley Cup playoffs, Colorado, who won game one, 8-6, to took game two from Edmonton, 4-0. The Asley, the West Finals, 2-0. Rangers and Lightning. Game two in the East tonight at the Garden, where the Rangers have won seven in a row. The Blue Shirts have won their last three overall by a combined 17-6. to At the stadium, doubleheader sweep. Yankees, who teed off on Shohei Otani in a game a year ago in the Bronx, hit three solo home runs off him, including Aaron Judge's 19th of the year, and with Nestor Cortez dominant again. Yanks won the opener over the Angels 6-1. to The nightcap saw Jamison Tyone flirt. With a perfect game, he lost it and lost the lead in the eighth inning, but the Yanks won 2-1 to one, thanks to an Anthony Rizzo two-out, two-run pinch hit single in the eighth. Mets had only three hits, lost the start of their SoCal road trip to the Dodgers. 2-0, Tony Gonsolin now 6-0 and for L.A. He beat Taiwan Walker, who suffered his first loss. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who came out of Harvard, the quarterback in the NFL for 17 seasons for nine different teams, including a stint with the Jets, Finally retiring at the age of 39. Tomorrow's women's final, the French Open, will be Iga Swiatek riding a 34-match winning streak against the 18-year-old American Coco Goff. They both won their semifinal matches easily. Men's semis today. Coming up, it's Rafael Nadal versus Alex Zerovic. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. <laughs> okay, John, thanks. It's 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. For that, we are joined live this morning by Bloomberg Television anchor and markets correspondent Danny Berger. Danny, we're watching the broader market move lower on this Friday morning. Is it safe to say Tesla's a big reason why? I mean, certainly, especially when it comes to the NASDAQ 100. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Tesla has grabbed a lot of headlines recently, but this one, um, cutting staff by 10%, that would be almost about 10,000 jobs, considering they have about uh, 99,000 in staff. Um, and Elon Musk, this is a, a, this all, of course, a, according to an email um, seen by Reuters, but Elon Musk in, appara- in it apparently said he had a, quote, super bad feeling, which, you know, very academic, but probably a lot of economists <laughs> would uh, probably say they also have a super bad feeling. Um, and so, yeah, shares are down um, some 3.9% this morning. If Elon Musk is a little bit pessimistic, pulling back on jobs because of it could be a bad sign for Tesla. Yeah, and obviously Tesla's a big weight in the indexes. Mm. Uh, but looking at the uh, broader market, uh, Danny, we've got some earnings as well, some positive signs there from Lululemon Athletica. Yeah, and this one's interesting because it is just one of these persistent COVID trends. A lot of them have reversed if you think about, you know, some of the food delivery, some of the other tech names, but Lululemon seems to be able to continue to capture on this change to um, not wanting to wear, you know, suits and dresses and, and heels. And I say that as I'm currently sitting at my desk wearing a dress and heels. However, <laughs> if I could, I probably would be wearing athleisure. So Lululemon <laughs> able um, to not just get that demand, but they're also able to speed up deliveries to get the products in 
stores to catch up with that robust demand. So those shares moving higher this morning um, by about 1.3%. But I should also say, you know, still dealing with logistical problems that many companies are. Um, the CFO talking about supply chain uh, inflationary pressures, their gross margin, therefore, was a little bit lower than expectations. But, you know, that's certainly not enough to take the shine off their earnings. Just 30 seconds left here, Danny. But we got some deal news as well. What's going on with Kohl's? Exactly. Kohl's, this is a Wall Street Journal story uh, reporting that they've received takeover bids from the PE firm Sycamore uh, and the retail holding company Franchise Group. They're sending people familiar here. This would value Kohl's uh, either in the mid $50 a share or uh, around $60 a share. They're not quite up there yet, but pre-market trading higher by about 7.6%. All right, Bloomberg Television anchor, markets correspondent Danny Berger with us this morning to take a look at the stocks on the move in the pre-market. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole, ahead of the Friday morning open and May jobs, the indexes are moving lower. We have S&P futures down 18 points, Dow futures down 83, NASDAQ futures leading the declines this morning down 101 points or about eight-tenths of 1%. Ten-year Treasury down 230 seconds, yield 2.91%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. It'll turn partly to mostly sunny today with a high near 75 degrees. Sunshine for the weekend. Upper 70s tomorrow. Low 70s on Sunday. Right now, 63 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. Futures lower this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red after yesterday's surge with Dow futures down 96 points. SBs dropped 21 while NASDAQ futures are off by 115. The U.S. 10 year yield at 2.92%. Gold is down four. Oil is in the red. And Bitcoin is trading lower by 1%. Japan rose 1.3% overnight while European markets are trading mixed this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30 non-farm payrolls and at 9.45 services and composite PMIs. After the bell last night, RH warned of softer demand. Lululemon guidance beat estimates. And in other news, Reuters reported that Tesla has paused hiring and needs to cut staff by 10%. In deal news, the Wall Street Journal reported last night that Kohl's received takeover bids from Sycamore Partners and Franchise Group. Wrapping things up, Moody's was cut to Equate at Barclays, Martin Marietta raised overweighted J.P. Morgan, and Snowflake was rated a new outperform over at Raymond James. Live from the First to Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Biden in a primetime address renewed his call for action to stop gun violence in the U.S. Biden called for a ban on the sales of assault weapons. The U.K. Defense Ministry says Russian forces have gained momentum 100 days into the invasion into Ukraine. Moscow is pushing to capture the Donbas region. 
region. In Game 1 of the NBA Finals, the Celtics beat the Warriors. After Wednesday's win, the Rangers host Game 2 of the NHL East Final tonight against the Lightning. In baseball, the Yankees won a doubleheader against the Angels. The Mets lost along with the Nationals, Orioles, and Giants. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, one of the nation's leading polytechnic universities and a top military-friendly school. Learn more at njit.edu slash veterans. And now here's us making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Apple is said to have agreed to make work schedules more flexible at its retail stores. According to Bloomberg sources, the company has informed staff at some stores that scheduling changes will take effect in the coming months. We're told it's part of a push to appease employees in the face of unionization efforts after some retail workers voiced frustrations about their schedules. Tesla CEO Elon Musk says the company may have a functioning humanoid robot up and running within months. In a tweet, Musk said the electric car maker's second AI day has been pushed back to September 30th for that reason. Musk has said Tesla's robots could one day be more significant than its vehicle business. And Amazon will shut its Chinese ebook store next year, pulling a small but prominent business from a market where it's failed to make major inroads against local rivals. Amazon's Kindle pullout coincides with growing regulatory pressures on both local and foreign companies that operate in China, including censorship and content curbs. The company said the withdrawal was not due to government pressure or censorship and was part of a periodic reevaluation of its offerings around the world. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden's plea for limits on assault weapons after a wave of deadly mass shootings. I believe the majority of you will act to turn your outrage into making this issue central to your vote. Enough, enough, enough. Also making news, a Democratic bill to address gun violence clearing a House committee and the January 6th House panel detailing its plans for public hearings starting next week. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins us for more on all these stories this morning after that primetime address from President Biden on gun safety. Emily, good morning. We did hear some pretty specific proposals from the president last night. Is this the kind of thing that's going to tip the balance of the debate that's underway in Washington? So I think really the all eyes right now are on the Senate, where you do have this bipartisan group of senators led by Democrat Chris Murphy from Connecticut, Republican John Cornyn from Texas. They are trying to figure out if there is some sort of middle ground on guns. And they've talked to uh, Chris Murphy's kind of flagged a couple different things. Number one, uh, the so-called red flag laws that prevents those with violent tendencies or who might be sort of in, in a bad place uh, from owning guns uh, or, or temporarily possessing them. This could also include things like expanded background checks, safe storage of firearms, school safety upgrades. I think we're really going to get a better understanding of how likely this is next week when senators are actually back and all in D.C. together. So far, the conversations have been happening uh, remotely as all of them have been back in their respective states. We also saw Democrats pass legislation yesterday that would raise the age to purchase some semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21. We also saw a New York state legislature also approve a bill that would do just that. 
And that is something that Biden called for. So that's another potential thing that we could see go through. However, the bill that was advanced by a House Democratic panel yesterday, it's, it's likely to pass the House, but it's not likely to pass the Senate at this point. So there's still a question about exactly what legislation is going to come through that can move. Um, definitely, you've heard a lot of uh, lawmakers on both sides speak up about the need to address this in some tangible way. And you heard Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell say that he is hopeful and optimistic that something can be done. Yeah, it is interesting to see the House moving forward on this Democratic legislation while the Senate negotiations are underway. What do you see as far as this dual track going on here in terms of moving something forward? I think in the House, it's a little bit more of a messaging bill, just because we saw yesterday with the Judiciary Committee, Democrats moving to approving to move this forward and Republicans opposing it, saying that there were concerns about the number of restrictions and whether or not it would actually do anything to prevent mass shootings like the ones we've seen in the last few weeks. And so it's likely that the House bill, it's going to pass the House. Lawmakers are going to be able to return to their constituents, say we did do something. But I think in terms of actually having legislation that's going to pass, that's really going to be uh, something that we need to see in the Senate. Can they get an actual bill, and can that bill get the support of 10 Republicans? And as we heard from the president last night, he's telling voters that he hopes that this issue spurs them to go to the polls in November. Are we getting any indication that this is the kind of issue that could affect the balance of power in Congress when we get to those midterm elections? I mean, this is certainly something that Democrats are going to be using in their messaging as we get closer to November. Um, and it's certainly something that voters care about. The question, of course, is that you look at the big picture here, and there aren't a lot of voters who simply vote uh, for gun control. Gun rights, yes. Gun control, not so much. And you're going to also see people consider the price of gas, the price of food, how they feel the economy is doing. So there are going to be a lot of factors that really weigh into the midterms. It's not really clear at this point that this midterms is going to be a referendum on guns or that there are even going to be specific races that will be a referendum on guns. Well, it does seem like we are uh, seeing at least some moves that uh, the events surrounding January 6th are going to be pushed potentially as a midterm election issue with the uh, House panel that's been investigating it for nearly a year getting ready for public hearings here. Oh, absolutely, Nathan. I mean, this ties very much into the midterms and in Democrats' message that Republicans really can no longer be trusted by the American people after January 6th. And you've got this panel of lawmakers of uh, seven Democrats, two Republicans. They've been investigating January 6th for 11 months now. They've interviewed more than a 1,000 witnesses, but so far everything has been behind closed doors. So we're looking at the first public hearing next month. It is being held at 8 p.m. That's a weird time for congressional hearing, but it is prime time on television, which means that Americans are more likely to actually be tuning in for it. A committee official said that they will present previously unseen material and indicated that there is evidence that Trump and his associates may have committed crimes by attempting to prevent Congress from certifying Biden's victory in the Electoral College. And what are we expecting a final report to come out uh, following these public hearings? Is it going to be close to November? It will be. The panel is expected to release its full report within a few months. And so that puts it kind of in the time time frame 
where we're a little bit past the primaries, we're looking at the general, and more Americans are actually starting to think about the primaries. I think the the average American um, isn't thinking too much about the midterms still at this point, uh, just because Election Day is, is still pretty far away. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us this morning from Washington, D.C. As always, thanks for the update. And you can read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. This morning, the focus in Washington will be on jobs. The May payrolls report due out in just about an hour and a half. We'll have full coverage for the release of the uh, May non-farm payrolls coming out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. And reaction from Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. It's expected about an hour later. We're also going to bring you comments from President Biden as well. He is expected to react to the May jobs report later this morning as well from the White House. We'll have it all for you live here on Bloomberg Radio. Ahead of all that, futures are moving lower. We have S&P futures right now down 23 points. Dow futures down 114. NASDAQ futures are lower by 120 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 230 seconds, yield 2.91%. Bitcoin right now trading just below $30,000. Bloomberg Surveillance up next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.